0: This episode is sponsored by Patricia Asp of Aspire. Does your company culture have what it takes to last? After the upheaval of the pandemic, many companies and organizations are struggling to adapt to new regulations, new workflows, and new workplace culture. After witnessing the dramatic weakening in the core values of great companies during mergers, acquisitions, and rapid growth, Patricia Asp, a forward board member and principal, launched Aspire an organization founded to preserve the goodness in companies by hardwiring culture for sustainability. If you're interested in conducting a culture sustainability assessment, go to patriciaasp.com contact us. Make 2023 the year your company soars. Welcome back to Work Love Pray, real talk grounded in truth. I am Jordan Johnstone. In our last episode, you met Michelle Quinn, Vice President of Business Development at Constellus. Michelle shared how she was blessed with colleagues and mentors who inspired and empowered her as she began her long-standing career in government work, and she shared about the different roles within female empowerment and how being a woman of the Bible impacts empowerment. In this episode, Michelle and I will wrap up our conversation by talking about what female empowerment can look like in the US and how the negative workplace tendency to pit women against each other to stand out as competent and capable is actually hindering efforts to offer each of those women the chance to be positively empowered. Join Michelle and me as we pick up where we left off last time. So last time we talked about you know, just the idea of female empowerment and what that can look like in different countries and different um, civilizations. And what I'd like to talk about now just to kind of kick off today's talk is what would change if more women around the world were more empowered? Like what would be the result of that empowerment?
1: Right. Um,
0: I think we have, even
1: objectively speaking, um, I think we have, we have the data, we have both anecdotal and uh, more advanced and more formalized uh, documentation that when women are engaged and included, when women are empowered to negotiate a peace treaty, for example, it lasts longer uh, to be at um, post-conflict setting where they have voice and agency uh, within their nations, that they are world changers uh, and I think that uh, it's something that is certainly, it is, it is not only simply achievable, but it is very important. And even just in a US sense, right? As I kind of mentioned, we talk about these phases of war. By the time the United States get in, gets in a position where we've determined that we have to battle, that it's going to be kinetic, whether we've sent troops or not, right? We can look across the world right now where this is happening. But by the time we get to a kinetic phase of an unstable, fragile nation that is now descending into war or civil war or conflict, we are about to have tragedy at so many levels. And we're going to spend a tremendous amount of our this worldly and other treasure, right, on what has become an active war zone. We are sending planes and weapon systems and bombs and advanced technologies. Most importantly, we are sending our sons and our daughters as war fighters to defend uh, oppressed or war-torn regions or victims, we're sending our own um, our, our our military and our soldiers there, and the cost is high in every way. So one of the reasons it's incredibly important to engage women is that women are a key piece to avoiding that state of kinetic. Uh, uh, By example, at at our war colleges here, for example, we teach, uh, they teach a model of dime, they call, right? They say, what are the toolboxes? What What are the tools that we have in our toolbox? What are the arrows we have in our quiver? And the construct they use of dime is diplomacy, information and influence, military might, and economic might and power. And the truth is, women are very good. We can say, right, I don't mean to sound uh, uh, too traditional, we can say women are very good at all of those. But I think that everyone, men included, would agree women are tremendously effective at diplomacy, right? That's why we have so many female secretaries of state over the history of our nation and other nations. So women are very good at diplomacy, women are very good at information and influence. Um, Choosing wisely the right timing for a message, the right method and modality for a message, makes a great difference. And women are very good at economics, the things that I just described, where a grant or microfinance can be given to a woman in some of the most austere and desperate um, areas of the world. And the woman will take that treasure of that modest grant or, or financial piece and she will do great things with it because her end goal isn't necessarily building uh, a huge industry uh, where she has a top you know, top notch salary or title or role. Her goal is to stabilize her region, her village. Her, her goal is to make sure that her children can thrive and be healthy and that her sisters have, can have children in safety and in health and in peace and that her parents, who, as we know, you know, uh, uh, a, a mother and a woman are off, is often uniquely uh, charged with caring for, right, that she knows she can accomplish great things in that world. We see, uh, specifically right now, we saw happening in Ukraine, right, as, as war broke out in Ukraine last year, about this time. Of course, a tragedy at all levels, but we see how women in Ukraine were uniquely impacted because by the millions, women had to flee. The men in in the nation uh, took up arms and knew what their role would be in Ukraine to defend their homeland. But women, uh, the women of Ukraine had to pack up with almost nothing and with almost no notice. Women of Ukraine had to pack up with sometimes just a backpack and pushing a stroller. Every, Every bit of the most precious life belongings that had to go with them, so that by the millions, right, by four to six million, we watched Ukrainian women fleeing, leaving, protecting their children, pushing strollers, babies, infants, children, and often seniors also, their sick parents, their grandparents. And then we watched, you know, 2.8, 2.9 million uh, settle into Poland and to other nations because um, they were left to pick up the pieces. And at the end of the day, when Ukraine, when when this current war and tragedy ends, it is the women of Ukraine that will be uniquely positioned to rebuild that nation. And uh and will will do it as a privilege, right? They will bring their heavy hearts. You know, as I've said, we are all called to bind up the brokenhearted and to free the captives. We don't have to look hard or far in any nation to find those things, but the women of Ukraine will be heroes uh, as they do heroic things, returning to that nation to rebuild it across sectors, across cities, across villages. And at the same time, as I've said, they'll be raising their children, they'll be helping their parents' age or their grandparents' age with dignity, and they will uh, move heaven and earth to bring uh, Ukraine back to a more stable, prosperous, uh, steady nation. And that that's what I believe women do.
0: How can a woman in the United States, um, again, we're not dealing with, you know, what people might typically think of when you hear about, you know, female empowerment. So in the United States, what is something that a woman can start doing right now that will empower Mm -hmm. the women that are around her?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great question. And I remember saying to a, a young lady who I just adore, she works at the Pentagon, Um, And I remember saying to her on these issues of women, peace and security and the law itself, right, because we do have a federal law called the Women, Peace and Security Act. And it is a it is a U.S. law that is a great it is a great tool for empowering these imperatives across the globe. So it's been wonderful to be able to access federal law and U.S. departments and agency to remind us all what we're called to do and what we can do. But I remember saying to this woman, well, how do I advance women, peace and security? And she said, well, you're a woman working in the security sector. So you're already halfway there. You're, you're a success. And I was like, wow, that was easy. I felt like I needed to find that Staples button, you know, <laughs> Staples uh, button, you know, or the Home yeah. Depot. You can do it. We yeah. can help. But she was reminding me. It was very kind of her. She was reminding me of what's true for all of us. Right. So uh, I'll give this analogy, My there again, my grandmother used to take me in and out of the city church in San Francisco, and we would cut through a, uh, a very city playground on the way to St. Paul's, which was the old German church that, you know, literally my, my father had gone to kindergarten there, and all the marriages, funerals had happened for, uh, at this point, more than a century in the family, right? So we'd walk in, and, and that kind of chain link city playground, there was a basketball net and they, the nuns there who ran, in fact, the Mother Teresa's nuns even run, run this now, right? But the nuns had painted on the backboards scriptural passages or important messages for the school kids there in this inner city San Francisco school. And uh, one of the backboards said, travel the world, preaching the gospel, when necessary, use words, mm-hmm. right? And so it is, and of course, Again, Graham would point that to me, say, very important, remember that. And I did always, of course, it is very true. All of us as women, we can carry this message and it's more seamless and less difficult than maybe we envision uh, because it just, it is, it is possible. It's the art of the possible. But beyond that, and I think some of my older folks know, as I get longer in the tooth, mm-hmm. you know, and, the, and um, you know, in my sixties now and, 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 the five children are raised. Um, I kind of have pivoted, and I it's kind of was awakened in the middle of the night, you know, months ago, where I'm literally hearing, um, hearing in my head, travel the world, preaching the gospel, use words, use your words. It's time. So I think as Christian women, we have an opportunity to bring forward the message of the gospel, of God's love, of healing right, that, um, that the dignity that women have is not a dignity that their nations give, that their husbands give, that their um, governments give. The dignity and the worth of a woman is a God-given worth. And, um, and that as American women, having all the blessings that we have, we're really uniquely privileged to lift up women and to find ways to help them. And so specific to your question, it is not hard. Um, you know, a, a woman in the United States doesn't have to decide to go over to Rwanda or uh, or Nigeria to, you know, Uganda or Kenya to, to work in a civil society or a nonprofit or through her church as a volunteer to advance and to advocate for women. She can do it from right here, even as she keeps her day job or she does her stay-at-home momming things. There are opportunities that just abound to advance women, and women who just need some encouragement, just need a bit of voice. So, uh, for example, I support um, a a little organization called Eagle Online Academy. Eagle Online Academy uh, is based here in the United States by a wonderful young woman who's a force of nature, uh, Afghan American woman, and she has stood up a completely virtual online education system with more courses and offerings than you can imagine for the women of Afghanistan. Now you can imagine how incredibly impactful and needed that program is, right? It's always been needed and impactful, but now since since the tragedies of U.S. withdrawal in Afghanistan and the rights of women, the human rights of women being taken away increasingly and substantially and ceaselessly by the Taliban, now we have massive numbers of girls who are sitting at home who are somehow currently being told by their culture uh, that they should not have access to education, they should not have access to free movement, they should not have access to even leaving their own homes without a brother or a father, they should not have jobs, they should not have any access to finance, right? And so here, here moves this little program where women, with the blessings of their And schoolgirls, women and schoolgirls, with the blessings of their father, with the approval and blessing of their brothers, they can sit at home and they can learn. And they now have hope. Women who had thought, how can I even go on? After 20 years of only having known the freedoms and the empowerment and the liberties that the United States had brought to Afghanistan, how can I go on now um, as an Afghan woman who has had all of that taken from me? Well... An organization like Eagle Online Academy and so many like that, um, too many to name, um, will allow, um, will not only bring education and training and empowerment and soft skills, business, business classes, IT, cyber, bookkeeping, all of those kinds of courses have moved into Afghanistan now through an online program. Same thing for Ukrainian women who are now uh, living as refugees, war refugees in other nations. Uh, This this little organization has uh, built that element out Mm -hmm. also. But critically, if you follow the link of this organization and so many like it, there is a toggle where as an American woman, you can sign up to e-mentor or you can sign up to e-coach. Right. So when you click that little toggle and say, hey, I might have an hour a week to give, I might have an hour a month to give. You have to trust, we all have to trust, that that is life-changing for a woman who's really struggling in another nation, in another part of the world, who has so little. To be able to sit an hour a week or an hour a month with an American woman who can just lift them up, can remind them that they are sufficient for a day, can encourage them in the trials or the difficulties or the challenges, the trauma and the drama that they may face, and remind them that they are worthy and that they do have dignity and that back here in the United States, we are cheering for them, we are praying for them, we are lifting them up, right? Um, that is so valuable. And it's possible across, we, we can't frankly name the nation, we can't name the culture where those kinds of relationships cannot be uh, wired and uh, be established and where American women don't have an opportunity to, to spend that time. And like I say, I think I've said I said it in the last segment, so please forgive me. But we are all called to bind up the brokenhearted and to free the captives. And of course, that is true here in the United States. I've got a great friend in Kansas City who's uh, uh, working with human trafficking, the sex trafficking in the United States, which is undiscussed but absolutely quite understated, right? So there in Kansas City, he is is trying to get women. Um, safe and stabilized and out of situations where they're being sex trafficked, an average of 7.1 times a day per woman, right? So what can we do if we live in Kansas or Kansas City? We can find an organization like that and say to that particular leader, what can I do to help? How can I volunteer? Can I bring you fresh clothing? Um, Can I help with some training for women who are who are finally empowered and brave enough, courageous enough to leave that um, status as uh, as someone who's being sex trafficked or when we find ways to free them, then what can we do as American women to be there to bind up those broken hearts, to help them understand that, with, that we're gonna get them healthy, whether it's with addictions or um, abuse or the violence that they've suffered through, we're gonna help them get emotionally healthy, physically healthy, spiritually healthy, and we are gonna stand in the breach until they feel the strength that will allow them to stand on their own feet. And then they'll pay it forward. So what can we do as American women? There's no stopping American women, right? We just have to uh, find the ways where we're gonna say, yeah, I'm gonna pay this forward. And I think that um, you know, a- anybody, if they wanna reach out through Forward or they wanna find me, I'll, I'll be happy to give them a list of great ways they can be helping OCONUS overseas, outside the United States. Um, theater-specific, nation-specific, or if they want to find ways that they can give back and support and lift up women within the United States, the, uh, the harvest is plenty and the workers are few.
0: Well, you mentioned how Eagle Online Academy is offering this um, you know, to women in other countries, but in a more general sense, I guess, what role do you see mentorship playing in female empowerment?
1: I think it's, you know, I, I think it's critically important. As I said, I think it's absolutely absolutely possible. You had asked me previously kind of who had mentored me and I, you know, maybe a mistake. I, I kind of mentioned my mom and my dad and my grandma and they certainly did mentor me, but um, I can name women, uh, uh, women who I worked with earlier in my career who absolutely just filled my sails. They were the wind beneath my wings. And at one point I was working at the White House, the Ronald Reagan White House, Um, date myself, right? (laughs) But um, I remember someone saying, this is really odd in this day and age, right? But someone saying to me, well, you're going to the White House from, I'd been on Capitol Hill and the Federal Trade Commission. And somebody had said to me, you don't just get to go to the White House. I'm like, oh, yes, you do. (laughs) You know, with a full heart and a keen intellect and a passion, and a, and a commitment to a long work day, I could go to the White House. But it was wonderful when I got there to be mentored by women who were more senior and advanced in their professional careers, who basically said, you got this. And if you ever have a low day, are you ever struggling? You have either an official question on U.S. policy or budget season or um, also, uh, you know, who you're dating or anything like that. My door is open. Come find me. Uh, I will never be too busy to have time to have lunch with you, uh, or to go grab a cup of coffee. So that really, really meant the world to me. It absolutely empowered me. And now that now I'm the old broad who can make the same promise to younger professionals that my door is open and my ear is always ready. That I will make time. Um, and and it's a privilege. I don't mean to sound like wow. You know, look at me. When I you know what I've accomplished. It's servant leadership, and it's a privilege. And I think that we are all capable of that and uh, and should find ways to do that.
0: Well, in the United States, uh, women in the workplace, I you kind of touched on this in the last episode, we kind of often feel like we're pitted against each other a little, um, or that maybe we even need to be like extra competitive in order to fit in with our male colleagues. What effect... Is that mindset having on empowerment, you know, worldwide, but especially in this country?
1: Yes, absolutely devastating. It's one of the things that kind of um, you know really breaks my heart. Um, I will say, it, it. so like I've mentioned, you know, so kind of at this next chapter of my life. But I do remember uh, for many years I was a stay-at-home mom uh, with five kids and a husband who was traveling around the world on. On uh, you know critical missions or programs, I just kind of figured the best thing I could do was to center out and uh, push aside some of the career things and stay home with the children, and I knew that was the most important thing, right? Um, but I can tell you, I often when joining women who were accelerating and advancing in their professional careers to answer that you were a stay-at-home mom, you worse than disappeared. I mean, it wasn't you just you kind of just evaporated. Because to the working women, uh, sometimes that just held no value or worth, or in their harder parts, they were a little bit worried and frustrated that maybe they weren't choosing the better part, right? And then I could be at some Longaberger basket or Discovery Toys party with all the stay-at-home moms, and they very readily would disparage the women that had chosen a childcare option and were driving up 95 mm-hmm. and, and focusing on their careers. So I think... One of the things I learned, sadly, is that we women can be very vicious toward other women. It's like we think there's a finite element of power or influence or, or professional achievement or goals, that somehow that is very constrained and that we have to compete against each other to to achieve those things. We do not. Uh, it's, it's something that's more like an infinite opportunity than finite opportunity. And, um, I think that when women start to compete against other women it's really very unattractive right that's probably a better word for that i hate to it's very it's very ugly and um and it also enables men to say things like look at these women so much drama they're bringing so much you know it's just so hard for us because they're they're you know they're they're not level headed or they're not you know It's uh, too much emotion and too much gossiping and backstabbing and this and that. And then that allows, in male dominated industries, that allows women to be marginalized. And we can't say that male leaders have done it. We've kind of done it to ourselves, right? So, um, you know, one of the things I I encourage all of us, those, those who are staying at home and homeschooling, those who are CEOs of companies, those who have found a way to job share, those who found a way to work from home, right? All the things that we really learned in spades during COVID, Mm -hmm. right? All of those roles often that again, fall uniquely on a woman. And that in a lot of ways we have to count as a privilege, not as oppression, but as a privilege. But we we should respect all of those roles and find a way to lift up and support women who may be in a different season. They're on a different track right now. And they may return to the workforce, they may choose to leave the workforce. They may have a struggling parent who, uh, and hospice has just been called, and they may decide to punch out entirely. There is dignity in all of these choices, uh, and I think that it's it's incumbent upon us to find ways to lift up and support women in the stations they're at, and in the in the seasons of their lives that they're at, and in the choices, career choices that they might be making at any certain time, rather than look to each other and be like. Oh, I, I'm, you know, look what she's doing. And, and I'm going to talk about her to, to the men around me and to the women around me. I'm going to talk about her. I'm going to actually draw her down because somehow I think I'm in competition with her and only one of us can succeed. That's never the case.
0: Yeah. Speaking into our goal of helping our forward yeah. community be unstoppable this year, what ways do you see empowerment helping? make being unstoppable more of a reality on an individual level. So I think uh I I like
1: to uh you know I think you've heard uh, heard me say, you know, uh, where we store up our treasure there our heaven is, right? And I think all of us as women uh need to be very cognizant and keep in mind that if our treasure is our paycheck, our salary, our title, our uh, where we are in the corporate ladder, if, those, if that is our treasure, then get ready, that's where our heaven is, mm. right? And I think that would be a pretty sorry heaven, right? So I think again, it, we're all so well served to think about where we're really storing up our treasure Because that's the heaven we want to have. And um, at the end of our days, right, even even the incredibly fierce, capable, accomplished forward women, and I'm always privileged whenever I get to sit with them, learn with them, spend time with them, an inspiration, a humbling inspiration uh, for me to spend time with forward women. But where we store up our treasure, there our heaven is. And at the end of the day, what we all want to hear, right, at the end of our lives, what we all are called to hear is well done, good and faithful servant, right? And so, although there's not one road roadmap for how it is we're gonna hear that, it is time well spent to consider how we spend an hour, how we spend a day, how we spend elements of our career, if that's our end goal, that's where we're storing up our treasure because that's where our heaven really is, that's what we want our heaven to be then what kinds of things do we need to do on a daily basis and in career choices and in community choices that will empower us and ensure that that's what we hear on our final day. So I mentioned there are so many ways to lift up and empower other women. And that's true, whether you're living in Kansas city or Dallas, Texas or Atlanta or Fredericksburg, Virginia. And I think with some, with some prayer time, with some solitude, with some, mentoring time with other women of faith, women of the Bible, those women who are around us but are women of the Bible, I think that we can get to some really good guidance and a really good sense of what it is we might do next that will support this, frankly, um, God's vision, right, for men and women as his creation and um, how much we might accomplish, how much we all will prosper when we encourage, support, sustain, empower, and enable the women around us.
0: Now, we may have someone listening who, you know, they've heard this idea of empowerment and female empowerment, but maybe they haven't really ever given it enough time and consideration. And now that they've listened to the past couple of episodes, they go, oh, I need to do something with this. So what what ways would you suggest that someone maybe new, or maybe it's somebody who, you know, they've been involved, but they're looking for something new to do or additional to do. What are some ways that they can get involved in this movement of empowerment? Mm
1: -hmm. So this is, you know, this is a great forum and um, opportunity in and of itself. Uh, Forward, I think I joined Forward uh, through a mentor, through a dear friend who was who was leading it forward and encouraged me to join probably about four years ago. And I'm so grateful for that. And so, um, I would encourage, for example, to anyone who's listening to this to consider joining forward. It is a great, great, um, network and fellowship and affiliation of incredible women. And, uh, and, and we meet in our faith. So I can be, you know, at the annual event that they have, I can be sitting with a woman who, almost stood up and was a senior leader of service master and a woman who is running diversity programs at American express or leading things at Google and Amazon. But with all humility and laughter and joy and a woman's heart, we meet and we sit together and we um, figure out how it is. We're going to charge the Hill, how it is we're going to uh, move out smartly at the end of a particular conference and accomplish great things. And um, as as we like to say to each other, right? If not us, then who? And if not now, then when? So um, I would say for women who might be listening to this podcast, engage with forward. Uh, engage with uh, engage in a local uh, Bible study or a fellowship or an organization uh, in your community. It uh, or in your industry. Find ways to um, uh, to bolt on work with other women and men, and uh, and spend some time in prayer, probably, to say, okay, what does empowerment look like to you, God? And what does, so what can it look like to me in the work that I do? The old grow where you're planted kind of concept. And at the end of the day, we are still, we're all world changers, and we're all women of the Bible, when we uh, spend some time in prayer, and then move out smartly, and Find ways to bring this change and to uh, bring this love to other women, especially those so in need or without that.
0: So as we wrap up, uh, I would love to have you kind of think back through everything that we've talked about. No pressure. <laughs> and <laughs> what is one thought or piece of advice that you want our listeners to remember most from everything that we've talked about these past couple of episodes?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, um, you know, it is, it's the fact that we are all made right in the image and likeness of God and that, uh, and, and, and that God teaches us, um, and wants us to understand the, the beauty, you know, the, the dignity, the loveliness of that. And, um, that, that. And when we hold that close, right, those are some of the reasons that we don't worry about tilting at windmills or competing with other women or um, undermining our own roles and our own success. Um, I think it's, it is no small misfortune and disgrace that, you know, through our own fault, we neither understand um, our nature uh, uh, nor our origin, right? Um, So I kind of try and hold fast to that. And Um, I think within that, um, that we need to ask ourselves, you know, how, how can we doubt that God will work miracles when he's within us, right? And our faith as Christian women tells us that, that God lives and dwells within us. So, you know, how, how can we doubt that he will work miracles when he is within us? And if we have faith. Um, how can we doubt that he will give us what we ask of him uh, since he is in our house, right? So um, the rest is details. The rest of kind of how you nug through that and what specifics you you decide to embrace as you charge the hill, uh, those are kind of the, the, uh, the details of that larger uh, imperative, that larger message, God-given message that we all need to receive.
0: What was your biggest takeaway from Michelle's insights over the past two episodes? Let us know by leaving a review on your preferred listening platform, or leave a comment when we share this episode on forward social media. For more information about today's episode, just go to forwardwomen.org slash podcast. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Work, Love, Pray on your favorite listening platform and leave a review. Your review will help more people discover Work, Love, Pray, so your feedback is greatly appreciated. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for Real Talk Grounded in Truth.